0: is paul and this is wayne
1: well welcome fellas hello hello it's good to talk to you again is it not really no. <laughs> i was, just yeah, I, was trying, like, I was trying to i was trying to start things off on an optimistic note paul but uh, just like you, that you just,
0: five seconds in it's over well you saw through my my shallow facade mm. yeah you're way too energetic for the this early in the morning <laughs> <laughs> that's because you just woke up that is literally true.
1: Is literally, <laughs> i am i am I am usually up at least an hour before we record, and uh, the, the wife uh, uh, shook me awake this morning and says, "Aren't you supposed to be recording right now? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah you've got you've got oh you know, uh, barely
2: awake, Aaron this morning. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Woo. Well, Woo. bright side of things, first thing you did when you woke up today was see the new Justice League trailer. That is true. Well, I did. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I needed another Justice League trailer. Well, there's really only been one. <laughs> I, <laughs> haven't I seen? I, I feel like I've seen quite a lot of this movie already.
2: Um. Well, mm-hmm. there was the Comic-Con reel, which was not like an actual trailer. Then there was one oh. trailer, and this is really just the final trailer. So there's actually only been
0: two. Yeah. Uh. I like have seen a lot of this movie. I think you're the type of person you were going to see it in theaters. That's true. No yeah, I, they, they already had my money. I didn't in my case, I'm trailer. not. I I'm for someone that's on the fence because I'm not happy with the DC movies. And the trailer for me threw out a bunch of the things that I've really hated about the last. Well, not including Wonder Woman, although she had some of it too. But the DC movies. It looks like we're going to get another big, giant CGI fight that doesn't look like it's taking place in the real world because it's all CGI of destroyed locations. Pretty sick of how that looks.
2: I am, too. And I think that's something that, unfortunately, all the DC movies fall into um, pretty much every single one. Back to the original Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, and now Justice League. They all kind of devolve into the big CG fight at the end. But I can't just say that's a just that's a DC movie thing, because all the Marvel movies do it too. Well, so. I didn't see I didn't see a big hole in the sky. So yeah, they've got they've gotten that, away from hole in the sky, and now they're with <laughs> now now they've moved on to giant creature.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, the Marvel movies still look like they're taking place in the real world, though, in their big fights at the end. The DC movies there's so much destruction. That it looks like you watch the scenes and it looks like it's another planet, or it looks like it's in another dimension, but it's not. It's just going to be destroyed city. It could be another dimension. That could it be could. apocalypse. You don't know. True, <laughs> but I'm betting it's not.
2: I I mean, I, here's the thing. I think the new trailer's great. I, I you know I I, I like the last one. Um, I like, I like the the, the I, of heroes.
1: Yeah, I like the previous trailer too, called Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was it was about two hours long or so, but uh, I thought that was a really good trailer. That's that the one I enjoyed. Idea.
2: That was the best uh-huh. one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm gonna you know, I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see this movie. It's got Gal Gadot in it this Wonder Woman. I'll be at this movie. I might hate everything else on the screen, but I'm sure I'll like the Gal Gadot stuff.
0: So, so the more I see of him, the more I really like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I feel just the course, opposite. <laughs> and of course uh, Wonder Woman was great and I like everything with her on the screen. We saw a lot more cyborg in this trailer We yeah, I mean, I, I, that I,
1: well and I I, I ha- not only do I just dislike cyborg from the comic books I dislike the design of cyborg for the movie it yeah. looks like he's wearing a, he's he looks like he's wearing a homemade tinfoil
2: cosplay as cyborg. It's
0: yeah. really quite quite a hideous costume. I hate the flash costume yeah, I think it looks horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean, Batman looks good. Batman was one of the best things about. Well, he was the best thing about Batman versus Superman. So, I, I think the trailer for me, trailer looks good. I like seeing the parademons. demons. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the final product's gonna look like with the uh, the change in director and things like that.
1: I'm yeah, and I'm 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 curious about the uh, the end scenes and and some of the some of the touches that Joss Whedon has made. Uh, I'm you know I I'm, I'm in for the movie. I'm gonna be there.
0: It's just but I didn't need another trailer. See, I'm still on the fence. Originally, there was no way I was going to see this in theaters. Then the last trailer made me think about it. And now this trailer, I'm back to this looks horrible. Man, so, I don't guess. So I don't know that I'll see it in theaters. Although I did like the Superman dream scene.
1: Uh,
2: you're going to see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you know, Paul, I uh, we had a winner this week for our, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Batman versus Superman Blu-ray giveaway.
2: Oh, no, we did. Who was that?
1: We did. Uh, her name is Groovy Galleons uh, on, uh, on on Instagram, and uh, she has discs coming
2: her way. Congratulations, Groovy yeah. Galleons. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Well, you know so, what I didn't get this week, Aaron? You know what I didn't get? What did, what did you not get? So, well, let me rewind. There's a tale, a tale that leads into tragedy. Uh, oh, dear. So, earlier this year, so I've, I've talked recently about my 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 newfound love for rick and morty and it kind of feels like everyone in the world is starting to to to, uh, acquire the same love as me because it's kind of turning into this phenomenon
0: i just started watching it uh this
2: during the course of this year and i love it and so earlier this year um they their season three premiere featured (laughs) um kind of a a a gag that involved mcdonald's szechuan sauce it was a chicken nugget sauce that was released back in the late 90s to promote the movie mulan and so it was just a throwaway gag in the show it was a funny part of the episode um everyone enjoyed it but then it turned into a thing um and so mcdonald's that now mcdonald's has not had the szechuan sauce since that time but what they did is they produced a couple of jugs of it i think like Four jugs of it, and one was given to the show's creators, and three were given away as part of a contest. Um, the sad thing is, every contest winner immediately sold it on eBay for thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, I don't know if you if you have a heard a condiment, a condiment. Um, and in fact, the, okay. the 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 DJ Dead Mouse, um, you know, popular DJ, uh, bought one for fifteen thousand dollars. I think. Jesus. Yeah, it's a thing. And so earlier, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe earlier this week, McDonald's announced, hey, for one day only, we are bringing back extremely limited quantities of Szechuan sauce. Um, You know, it's going to it's going to come out Saturday. So uh, Saturday, the 6th, 7th. What is today? Today's the 8th. So Saturday, October 7th at select McDonald's locations. And so, it, you know, you looked it up online, and sadly, only two McDonald's locations within about an hour radius of me had the Szechuan sauce. And then the truth was revealed about Tuesday or Wednesday, I think around Wednesday, um, a local newspaper article in my area said, hey, um, just so you know, McDonald's, there's only two McDonald's that have it, and they only have about 20 packets each. Twenty- packets each and that was universally true across all mcdonald's that had this szechuan sauce that they would only have 20 packets so i didn't even bother but i mean people lined up for hours or got there the night before and like it turned into like this pr disaster that they only had 20 packets per store and so basically unless you were there the night before i I, want to i want to emphasize this for a condiment
0: You did not get the Szechuan
2: sauce.
0: (laughs) The funny thing is, I bet most people could care less about the actual Szechuan sauce itself. It's just because of the episode reference.
2: Oh, it's 100% because of that. Because the sauce is probably terrible. (laughs) If it was good, they'd still be doing it. (laughs) Exactly. That is just hysterical. Yeah, so I did not get my Szechuan sauce. Uh. So,
1: you know, speaking of... uh of animated shows have either one of y'all watched big mouth. It's a new animated series on Netflix. I have not. I haven't heard of it. It's uh, it's Nick Kroll's new uh, animated series and it is hysterical. It's all about, uh, you know, the, this group of kids all starting puberty. And I, I won't, I won't give anything away about the show right, right now, but it, I, I highly recommend it. The first episode had me on the floor. I was laughing so hard.
2: So what kind of it animation is, is it? Is it kind of like a Bob's Burgers type animation? Yes, it sure is. Okay. It sure is.
1: And uh, the I mean, it is it, it, number one. It's a mature audience uh, sort of animation. In fact, I will say there is full frontal nudity in the first five minutes of the episode. And it is shocking.
2: <laughs> it, uh, it is super hysterical. Well, it's funny you bring up Full Frontal Nudity. Oh, dear. <laughs> well. <laughs> so that brings us to – so New York Comic Con is this weekend. Uh, I was afraid it was going to take us back to Szechuan sauce, but no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Things I would do for that Szechuan sauce. Um, <laughs> so New York Comic Con is going on as we record right now, and so um, – I think it was Friday night. They had a panel featuring Doomsday Clock. Jeff Johns talking about Doomsday Clock, the upcoming big event book that he's doing with Gary Frank and Brad Anderson on the art. And um, a couple of things were released about. A couple of news items were were released about the book, including the first, I think, six to ten pages of the book are are available online now. I saw them, but I but I just glanced over them because I don't want to I don't want to see it until the book comes out. When does it come out? Uh, November. Okay. But, you know, but to make sure they are on time, they probably have to really be ahead of the curve. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I, I refuse to read them. But just I, 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 what I saw already spoiled things that I didn't want spoiled for me. Sure. Um, but so I'm not going to spoil them here, but they are available online. Go check it out. Uh, but I do want to mention a couple of interesting facts that came out mm-hmm. or news items that came out from the, the thing, which is that Doomsday Clock is in fact being treated as a sequel to Watchmen, and so though it involves the DC Universe characters, um, this is something I will spoil: is that the narrator of the first issue is Rorschach. Um, it it is it takes place in the Watchmen universe, and which brings me back to the full frontal nudity point. Doctor Manhattan is naked in it. Um, it is being treated like a sequel to Watchmen that also incorporates the DC Universe. So it's it is. Um, from what I can tell, you know, it, it also has that mature leaning bent, um, for yeah.
0: better or worse. But Rorschach is dead. Well, well, and did you guys see the ads, uh, this week for yeah, the, the cover preview thing? Yep. With Batman there with Rorschach's journal. Looked yeah. Pretty hot. Looked pretty hot. You know,
2: it's, and so we're going to get to something here in a little bit, cause I want to talk about the, the previews this week, but. Doomsday Clock. Um, you know, I, I was surprised to see that they're treating it so much like a sequel to Watchmen, rather than the conclusion of DC Rebirth. I guess it's kind of both. But I guess what what, what this is telling me is that that will very specifically address the the Doctor Manhattan storyline. But I think some of these other Rebirth threads, like the Mister Oz stuff and um, the Tim Drake stuff, and all that stuff, are, are is going to be resolved in the pages of the individual books. And that doomsday clock, he Jeff Johns is saying is very is is a self contained storyline, no tie ins, that kind of thing. Of course, they always say that until the first issue sells great, and then you know a couple months later all these <laughs> tie ins yeah. magically yeah. get announced. Um, but I, 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 the art looks gorgeous. Um, you know they're 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 adopting the Watchmen nine panel layout structure, and uh, you know we we will get Naked Doctor Manhattan again in case you've been missing that for the last twenty years in, of your life. Well, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you need a little blue cock in your life. (laughs) That is not the show title.
0: Um... (laughs) Oh, it's not a little one, at least not if you saw the movie in theaters. (laughs) On the huge screen, swaying in front of you. (laughs) Uh, So...
2: Since we're talking about rebirth, another piece of news that came out this uh, weekend—I think it was at the—I don't know if it was the the Batman panel or what or what, but um, or if it was a DC Rebirth panel—I don't know exactly what panel. However, you know the talk of the current arc of Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living. We talked about the first part last week. Uh, You know, and someone asked the question, "Hey, um, you know, with all this stuff going on, uh, any news on Connor Kent?" And James Tynion the oh. fourth said, hey, read the next issue of Detective Comics. That was really? his response. Yes. Really? hmm Huh.
1: Well, I was going to read the next issue of Detective Comics anyway, but really? Yes. Huh. Well, I, I, it, 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 they better not be screwing me here, Paul.
2: <laughs> well, I, I guess we say. will find out what, what's happening I mean, next week in the next issue of Detective Comics. And can I say, Paul,
1: you know, uh, I believe it was last year, I think. That you and I went to uh, New York for the Star Trek convention. Yeah, last September. I think we need to make plans to go to New York Comic Con.
2: I don't disagree. I I
1: truly believe that maybe 2018 should be the year that Aaron and Polly descend on New York Comic Con. You're invited right to, like if you want. I mean,
2: no, no. You you, you brought it up we in talk- front of him. God, what are we going to do now? God, God damn it, Paul! <laughs> we talk about these things. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't worry, Paul. I don't like flying, and there's no way I'm driving to New York. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think
1: I, I think I, I think that's the size show. I, you know, I, I think that uh, San Diego looks like a zoo, but uh, I think New York Comic Con uh, could could be about the right size show, and it's, at the, it's it. at the Javits, which you know we've been to.
2: Yeah, we are inf- intimately familiar with the Javits intimately. Yeah, because I mean, we we were all all over the
1: chapets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah. So now let's 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 uh, put that let's pencil that in on the calendar. Yeah, all right, I like it. Me too.
2: It's more New York Comic Con news. uh, Sticking with the DC stuff is that DC announced that next spring we will see the revival of the Milestone imprint. Um, Several new series. Seriously? Yes. (laughs) Huh. I, I,
1: I, Boy, I should I should have read some news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like this happens every couple of years, but um, you know, my,
0: so uh, whenever they need to renew the licenses,
2: yeah, I guess that's right. So series were announced, including Milestone, Static Shock, Duo, Love Army, and Earth M. Uh, Reginald Tutlin is involved. Dennis Cowan, Ken Lashley, um, Ryan Benjamin, and uh, you know a bunch of other people. It, uh, so
1: Earth M, uh, they're gonna do a. Uh, it'll be one of the fifty-two. As opposed to being integrated into the,
2: uh, to the actual DC yeah, world, yeah, which is probably yeah. better, honestly, because then it, it yeah. seems when when that has previously happened, it just gets overshadowed. It does,
1: it does. I yeah. just I would like to see crossovers, though, like we saw in the original Milestone run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the only character that really you could argue has had success out of Milestone though is Static.
2: Yeah, yeah. agreed. And um, you know, so they uh, Robert Kirkman came into the panel the the milestone panel um and announced that he has an upcoming amc documentary series called the secret history of comics which i didn't know um and one of the episodes will be a focus on uh milestone called the color of comics wow so they're, they're gonna have a full episode of that tv show well i don't know if it's the full a full episode but one of the episodes of that tv show will focus on the the milestone imprint of the 90s Some, um i love watching documentaries about comics as long as they're oh. interesting yeah which uh, yeah, it's hard to find. I got to be honest, but
1: there is a, a new, um, a new book out, a new, uh, a new you know uh, book about the history of comics, and this one is about the uh, fifty-year war between DC and Marvel,
2: hmm.
1: and it talks about all the different strategies they've employed to you know beat the other one. Just came out. The uh, oh god, I forget the title of it. It's like. Full fisted or something like that. Hmm. that
2: is, are you sure <laughs> that's about that?
0: Because <laughs> I've seen a movie called that, and it's not about that. <laughs> so that also reminds me. Oh my god! Have you guys seen the preview for the uh, the new movie about the creation of Wonder Woman? Yes. Oh yeah, really good.
1: Oh yeah, and I, you know, I, I worry because you know the 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 creation of the Wonder Woman nearly as as. Uh, You know, pulpy as perhaps the the creation of Superman and Batman. Um, You know, the creation of of Wonder Woman is sort of mired in in bondage, uh, plural marriage, and a couple of other things. So uh, (laughs) I'm I'm a little little concerned about how people might emerge after that film and their opinions of Wonder Woman after that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it has a lot of potential for an interesting story, but you're right; it's a story that we already know. But the average. Comic reader – or the average uh, person on the street doesn't who just went and enjoyed the movie and now their kids enjoyed the movie and maybe they're going to take their kids to see how the character was created. Yeah, that's but, my but concern it does have, about that.
2: It,
1: yeah, it does have a rating of an R on it and I just hope that, that people understand that that's not R for comic book violence. That's going to be an R for some – pretty adult situations
2: people took their kids to see deadpool i don't think people look at the ratings anymore and i think that's a a bit of a concern because they are i I don't believe this was originally announced as professor marston and the wonder women or whatever the hell it's called um and i think they changed the title obviously to take advantage of the promotion of wonder woman oh yeah which is great for them but the, the trailer that i saw had gal gadot in it you
1: know, because they were showing, you know, you loved Wonder Woman, and so they flash up Gal Gadot and all the all the different reviews of Wonder Woman, find out how it all began, and then it moves into the to uh, you know the actual film. But I'm just like, you know, ooh, I, I'm
2: excited to see this. I mean, it sounds great, but oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Well, should be interesting. We'll, we'll see a lot yeah. of pissed off parents that – which uh-huh. do some research before taking your kid to the movie. But I just – I wonder, you know, uh,
1: the Wonder Woman film has really been touted as a very woman-forward uh, property, right? Mm. And I, I just I, – it concerns me that, that I think a lot of people will question that when they look at the roots of the character because the roots of the character are, are a little dubious.
2: yes. Yeah, you know. he. know, he, it's not a. It doesn't. It's not the antithesis of women empowerment. However, it, you know, the guy himself is. It, it. It could be misconstrued that way, I guess. Because yeah, of the, he's uh, just
1: not Jerry. He's not Jerry Siegel. He's not Jerry Schuster. You know, he is. Uh, you know, he's a. Uh, he's a. Uh, he's, he's a little sketchy, in my opinion. He invented the lie <laughs> detector machine, though. Yeah, he did. He did, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so, there's that. <laughs> there's that.
2: <laughs> well, and since we're talking about mature themes, um, another relaunch that was announced at New York Comic-Con is that DC will be relaunching their Vertigo imprint in August 2018. Um, the Vertigo imprint has pretty much gone away over the last couple years once DC brought Constantine and now Sandman and, and all those characters into the DC universe proper. Um, no titles or anything were announced. It's, it's That's next what I was August. about to
0: ask if there was any announcement what the first book was going to be i'm excited about that and i i want to see the elseworlds imprint come back too i do i I think we are seeing that and
2: we'll talk about that i I don't know we could probably switch this around let's switch it around let's do it
0: because we're seeing elseworlds stories but they just won't call it that and i want that on the cover i want it to be obvious that we i mean this time i read what the story was going to be but i want it to be obvious that this is an elseworlds story right on the cover
2: I, I agree, and so we're talking about this week's release of Batman White Knight Number One, and so this is written and drawn by Sean Gordon Murphy. Uh, you know he, he's done work with Scott Snyder on uh, Batman and the Wake and a couple of different titles. Uh, we we were all very interested in this in this story, which is. Um, it is an Elseworlds title, despite the fact that it doesn't have that on the cover, uh, featuring Joker who has gone sane and has to save Gotham from Batman.
0: And so, Wayne, since since you, you picked this book up, what did you think? Yeah, I am a huge Joker fan, so pretty much any standalone Joker story I'm going to get excited for and want to read. Uh, this one, though, it reminded me of the – there was a story arc in uh, I think it was Legends of the Dark Knight. A three-part arc where Joker was sane and you kind of saw what he was like there. Yeah. I love seeing a Joker that is – he's completely sane, he's incredibly intelligent, and he's outsmarting everyone. And he's not wrong in this story. I mean part of it when I look through it, the Elseworlds story that we're looking at here – this Joker doesn't seem as bad as the Joker that we've had in the regular DC universe. Or at least he hasn't been caught doing some of the things that the Joker in the regular DC universe has been doing. Cuz when they go through his list of crimes, murder isn't one of them. But we have a Batman who Alfred is and this is a this is a spoiler, Alfred is dying and he's been pushed over the edge. So a sane Joker is he's actually like I said he's right. Batman is endangering people. I love the art on the book. It's a very different art style than I'm used to. I love the design for both Nightwing and Batgirl. I think those two particularly looked really good. And this was my favorite thing I read this week. I, I, I got to say,
1: uh, Sean Gordon Murphy draws himself a badass Batmobile. That the, the Batmobile that comes in on the first page driving into Arkham Asylum is just gorgeous. And... It is so upsetting to see the Joker or Jack Napier driving around in the Batmobile that is that is very upsetting <laughs> that's yeah. like watching watching your buddy walking around with your ex-girlfriend I mean that's just that's just wrong <laughs> you
0: know see I really like this nightwing design it's the normal costume basically but he's got like a jacket over it mm-hmm
1: the the whole the whole book is just beautifully drawn it is just beautifully drawn um, I, it's you know we've seen stories and we're currently enjoying you know the uh, the metal books you know all of which feature a Batman going over the edge in an alternative universe um, I, I thought this one was well done it really makes the case. For Batman kind of flipping over, you know, and and just, you know, go, you know, doing being too much of the Batman, being too much uh, in the dark. And I got to say, I I thought it was a really well written book. I'm always leery of the artist as writer. You know, like I haven't read a Justice League book in a good long while because, you know, as much as I enjoy Brian Hitch's artwork, I cannot abide his writing. Um, But I, I thought this
0: was just beautifully done. And I always love it when someone goes to Gordon with the argument of if you need a vigilante, you're incompetent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, and, and I thought, you know, the, the whole book read like uh, a rational person's argument uh, against Batman, why Batman doesn't work. Um, and so there, there is a lot of, truth i think in the narrative and i think it's a lot of sean gordon murphy kind of working some stuff out about probably his own conflicts about batman right yeah um i thought it was really well done paul
2: you've been quiet talk to us so <clears throat> I, I liked the, the majority of it I, I had a little i thought it was a little silly the reference to things like social justice warriors um like with the there is i guess a, a news broadcast or something and someone says, the SJWs need to give it a chance or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know that we need that necessarily. The, the reference to the social justice warriors. That's just thats just one of those modern buzzwords that seems a little silly to me. Um, I, I thought it was a gorgeously drawn. You, the, you know, that's the kind of thing that a social justice villain might say, Paul. <laughs> <I'm> very true. <laughs> SJV. SJV. Um, what I found interesting is that. Most of the DC books had a preview at the back of their book of this story. Now, I don't, at least in digital, I don't know if that was true in print, but there's there's quite a bit of profanity in this book. You know, yes. they, they say things like bullshit and tough son of a bitch, and those panels are in that preview. So I'm yep. wondering if some kid picks up the newest <laughs> issue of Superman Oh, and learn some new words. And learn some new <laughs> words. Like is 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 hinted in the print version? Um, I, I found that interesting that those are the pages they chose, and they didn't
0: bleep it out or anything like that. At least not in the in the digital copy. Yeah, the digital copy at least that was quite a few pages of the story too.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be enough to get you. If given this is, there's so many Batman books out there, I guess to get a a, a comprehension of what this story is, you, you generally need a bit more
0: of the. Um, Storyline. See, it's particularly interesting though that you re- you mentioned Superman, the you know, kid getting the newest issue of Superman, when you know it's a book we're not talking about this week, but this particular week's issue was all about him not. You know, you can't push him over the edge. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is so you idea. have a yeah you have a Batman story about Batman being pushed over the edge, advertised in a Superman book that's all about him not being able to be pushed over the edge. Yeah.
2: And there, you know, there's another thing I want to mention about this book, which is the you know when when a creator passes away, DC always does these um, two page spreads at the back of their book, this this tribute to the, to the creator. And this this time it is uh, unfortunately Len Wein who passed away recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, creator of Swamp Thing and, the, and, and many other wonderful characters. And
1: I. I, I... I think we mentioned it on the show when it happened, but it just breaks my heart. Uh, Lynn Wein was a, you know, he, he was not an old man.
0: No.
1: Um, he still had a lot more years ahead of him. And it just breaks my heart that we lost him when we did. He was only 69 years old and just immensely talented, immensely and talented, nice still guy. relevant. Yeah. Genuinely nice guy, still relevant, uh, still involved in comics. And I just, you know, he has been a part of so many fantastic stories, stories that have shaped both marvel and dc and i just you know i hate that we lost him when we did but I, you know I, I did like the uh the two page spread that dc put uh added to their books this
2: week i didn't care for the quote they chose of his i i didn't i, I will agree i think
1: that of all of the things lynn ween has ever said i think that's largely you know irrelevant
2: <laughs> yeah maybe they just wanted to you know show how much of a fun guy he was because the picture is him laughing but I, I thought it was an interesting quote, the one they chose him. Mean, it's not heartwarming or anything like that. Like right. like you know, the the quoteness from I don't know, Adam West or something like that. But yeah. but it was just an interesting quote, but maybe it's just indicative of his actual personality. But that was just the type of fun stuff he said. But you know, let's remember, you know, the things
1: you love on screen right now in both Marvel and DC, Lynn Wein had a big hand in. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I mean, he He has touched so much of what we love about comics, both of what we love about comics, what we love about the 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 uh, genre. Um, You know, we wouldn't have this this Marvel revolution that we've had in film and on television, streaming media uh, without Len Wein. I mean, I I just can't I can't imagine what the landscape of comics would look like. I mean, um, more so, I think. Than uh, than many other creators, he he was that second wave of creators that came in after Stan and Jack, yeah. and uh, just immensely in- immensely talented.
2: And while most and I people mean, you know, focus on his creations, right, Swamp Thing and Wolverine right. and Nightcrawler and Storm and Colossus, I, I would you know we mentioned Doomsday Clock, which would not exist if it wasn't right? for he's Len Wein editing he's,
1: yeah. Editing Watchmen, convincing Alan Moore to do it, you know, uh, giving them the free giving uh, uh, Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore the, the free reign they needed to, to tell that story, you know, creating that safe space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wrote uh, he wrote some of the uh, before Watchmen books that we enjoyed. Yep. Um, I just I, I again just a, just a tremendous talent, a giant talent in comics that we lost. And, you know, uh, every now and again. Comicsology will have sales on some of the you know old seventies era uh, Marvel comics, and you can pick up just some sweet sweet Len Wein stories. Uh, you know, anytime you see his name, uh, particularly on seventies and eighties comics, grab them because they're, they're just rocking good stories.
2: Also from DC Comics, another kind of Elseworlds book, but also a tie-in to their major uh, DC Metal event is Batman: The Dawnbreaker. So this is the next in the series of uh origin stories of the batman from the dark multiverse this one written by sam humphreys art by ethan van skyver obviously well known for his work on green lantern uh, batman the dawnbreaker being the dark universe green lantern and um what i have appreciated about these books is that despite our concerns our, our original concerns these books are not just batman goes bad and takes the the powers of an existing superhero right um this this is also another different tale in regards to um you know in in regards to the bruce wayne of the the dark multiverse so aaron what did you think of the Dawnbreaker?
1: you know I, i i have to say i really liked the origin story you know i really liked that the ring joined him uh, right at the moment of the the murder of his parents, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I like that it demonstrates that at that point, you know, Bruce is willful and, you know, can you know has that 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 great will to be a Green Lantern. The problem is, is that he's a child who's just suffered a terrible loss. So there's no wisdom tempering it. You know, there's no mercy tempering it. He feels what a child feels and he stays in that moment and overpowers the ring allowing the darkness in. And I, I thought it was a great origin story to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I, I really dug it. I, I like, you know, like a child, he doesn't, he doesn't concern himself with the consequences of his actions. And he just, you know, melts, you know, Joe chill down in that alleyway. Um, I dug it. I mean, you know, each one of these, these metal uh, Batman books that we're reading, um, has sort of the same ending, you know. The uh, you know yeah. they they the Batman do whatever they're going to do to their own Gotham's, and then you know uh, the bad guys show up, or the more bad guys, the badder guys show up. Um, so I mean. Th- all of those notes are sort of the same at the end of each one of these books, but it's the stuff that comes before it. It's that origin story, and I gotta tell you, this one rocked. I've enjoyed these books. I'm surprised to say how much I've enjoyed
2: these books. I am too, because yeah, I was hoping, I was thinking that I would buy the first one and it would be so bad I just wouldn't continue with them. But they have yeah. gotten, they are progressed, they are all good.
1: Yeah, well, and and like, like you know like we said, we were worried about the, you know, uh, aching sameness that each one of these books sounded like they were going to be. And that's not true. I mean, yeah, then there are certain notes that are the same in each of these books because they're, they're putting the team together. Right. Yeah. But, uh, the, the innovation that the writers have employed to create these unique origin stories is very refreshing. And, you know, I, I, Metal seems to me a a Marvel superhero secret wars in that it feels like an opportunity to sell a bunch of toys. You know, you're in a whole whole different realm of, of Batman toys to buy, and
0: hey, I'm in for that. Um, but I think so out what we'll of curiosity, also see, is Batman the only character that we're seeing dark versions of? Correct. the the whole The whole point of
1: metal is that these are all of the Batman nightmares that. Uh, that have been released, you know, it's it because Batman was the gateway through which this the th- this big bad came through. It's Batman's nightmares that are being you know, from these nightmare alternate worlds uh, are coming through. But uh, I think what we're going to find here, Paul, is like some of the creations in Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. We're gonna find some lasting characters, things that would, that are that are gonna stick. You know, they're throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall, and some of it's gonna stick. I think we're gonna wind up seeing some of these guys in later in later volumes.
2: I would not be surprised. Yeah. So good stuff. And since you know, this is all Batman all the time today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Batman with Aaron and Polly. It's Batman week. Um, let's talk
0: about that. It
2: Batman. does seem. It does seem like this should
1: have been Batman Day though, right? I mean, with all the Batman that came out this week. And we've we cut like, out one,
2: didn't we? <laughs> oh, no, we cut out Superman. But um that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who no one cares about that. Oh no, we cut out Shadow Batman. Um yes. but Batman number thirty-two was is the conclusion of the War and Jokes and Riddles, issue thirty-two, where we finally get um the reveal of what catwoman says to batman's proposal we finally get the con- the reveal of what batman is is so traumatized about in his past and most importantly we get a variant cover by olivier copiel typically associated with marvel books doing a batman cover i'm wondering if we're going to see more olivier copiel work in dc that would make me a very happy man i got to
1: say that copiel cover hot
2: yes that is just hot. Yeah. I mean I am hopeful we will see him on a Batman on a, on on any I don't care. Actually, he'd probably be better suited for Superman, but um I'd be super happy to see him working on DC. So Paul, yes sir. Um
1: we The War of Jokes and Riddles is is a book that we have covered intermittently, uh, you know, through it through its 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 long run. Um I, I just want to say stuck the fucking landing. I I loved this book. I this book I wasn't convinced that they were going to resolve this story in a manner that was satisfying to me. I'm I'm sorry. I was bat satisfied with this book. (laughs) Bat Uh, satisfied. uh, Of this book a lot. (laughs) Bat satisfied.
2: (laughs) So what did you think, Paul? I thought it was great. Um, At first, I I was feeling like it was a little (laughs) anticlimactic when (laughs) – I I, got to be honest – I kind of was hoping that Batman actually stabbed the Rittler in the face. And the Rittler we're familiar with now is a different Rittler. Um, But spoiler warnings on the, the, the confession that Batman is making to Catwoman is that he, he tried, He, he genuinely tried to stab the Rittler in the face and the Joker stopped him. And that, that basically he, he, he is who he is almost because of the Joker at this point. Um, and so that, that that's his confession to Catwoman, and as revealed in major media outlets before the book actually came out, is that Catwoman says yes to his marriage yeah. proposal, and which is a, a very you, like, well done scene. There, that that that, that I, final scene. I
1: I thought this last issue, each panel was pitch perfect. Um, there there are probably two, maybe three pages of no dialogue, of just Batman being being uh consumed and I say Batman Bruce Wayne cuz you know he's sitting there in his underwear uh Bruce Wayne being consumed by the horror of his own actions and how distraught he is that he, he isn't what so many people think he is you know that he there's not that, that he feels there's nothing noble about himself that he is not the 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 good person that so many people expect him to be that he went to a dark place and it's only because someone that he regards as filth, right, somebody that he regards as just, you know, without merit, stopped him from committing from, – stopped him from going over the line. And he – there is that moment of brokenness in Bruce Wayne that you see in, in, on these pages. And that is the moment that this entire story – which at one point – you know, early on I was like, I feel like this, this is filler. you know i feel like we're delaying something here and it's not this story or that may have been the original intent but the story is important to this character particularly the the character of the rebirth batman yeah um i i for the first time in a long time i felt like the riddler's relevant again i haven't felt like the riddler was relevant you know since he was being a detective for the GCPD or an, an investigator for the GCPD. Yeah. Uh, a <laughs> which long can I say I really
0: loved that version of Riddler.
1: Same yeah, here. Same here. I, I I love the depiction of this Riddler that he is deadly. And I've never I, I you rarely get that from the red, from the Riddler. Um this this version of the Joker uh is also just scary as all hell. <laughs> you know. Um this story, I really feel like matters in the ongoing story of Batman. And, and I just loved the moments that this team took to explore. And, and it didn't feel decompressed. It didn't feel like, oh, my God, get on with it. These moments where you're moving panel to panel where he's just kind of struggling in his feelings work exceptionally well. And you really earn that moment at the end of the book where Catwoman says yes, and I would like to say, stop ruining the endings to your books. You know, I, I caught a glimpse of one of the articles, I want to say Sunday night last week, and I, was, and I immediately posted it out to Twitter for our followers, don't read the media. <laughs> Stay off the comic sites this week until you read Batman, because they're going to ruin it for you.
2: Yeah. Um it and, and it's uh, not like I and I get they do it because of a, the the speculators market and trying to get people to buy the book. Yeah, but this isn't I mean it's not like this issue is going to be worth anything. It's not the marriage of Batman. It's not the death of Batman. It's her saying yes to his wedding proposal. Like it, it for me it's not like that's that's not a draw to purchase the book.
1: Well, it's not like any of these comics are going to be worth anything anyway. Fair the point. day and age of of, of mainstream comics being worth, you know, that you're going to be able to put your kids through college on a loan issue of Superman or Batman when they're printing hundreds of thousands of copies of these books every week, those days are over, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I hate to ruin everyone's uh every everyone's uh, investments, but that those days are over. That's not going to happen anymore. You you where you're going to find investment opportunities in your print comics are going to be very small run comics yep. that then grow up into something else and i'm sorry usa today isn't going to tell you about those opportunities
2: no so but still a great issue and you know since you bring up the the rittler being a detective for gcpd you know that was uh, a paul dini thing when paul dini yeah. was writing detective comics now paul dini had a hand in uh, co-writing this week's Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica book crossover between Batman and Archie. I guess this is another Batman Elseworlds book now that we're now that I think about it. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm trying to find the creative. The, the, oh, here it is. The specific creative team is co-written by Paul Andini and Mark Andreco. Um, the cover, of course, by Amanda Connor, which is great. Except that whenever Ama- that Amanda Connor covers always make me feel disappointed when I see the first page of a book and it's not Amanda Connor. <laughs> uh, but the art inside the book wasn't bad. It's just not Amanda Connor. So, Wayne, you picked this book up. We talked about this when they were advertising it. What did you think?
0: This book was so boring. I struggled to get to the end. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, and it's not even that it's just a horrible. It was just boring. Nothing happens. There's no, like, I was shocked. Usually with Paul Dini stuff, there is a lot of character in Harley and Ivy and their interactions. And that's something that brings me to the table. I didn't feel any connection between the characters. It just all fell flat for me. This book felt very generic. It
2: felt like everyone acted like you expected them to act, right? Which you know, it, it's like someone read Cliff Notes versions of Harley and Ivy and Betty and Veronica and basically wrote the book
0: because that it. Everyone's just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, because I mean, I I read the current Archie series, the one that was started by uh, was it Peter David that started the current one? Mark Wade. Mark Wade. So I I read that. I like those characters. They're not the original character. You know they're written differently than the original characters. I watch Riverdale and I really enjoy it. The characters in here definitely are not either of those versions of the characters. No, especially Veronica is completely unlikable and comes off as a spoiled bitch.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, to my to to what I was saying, you know, because they are the generic versions of the characters. They're the versions of the characters that you remember from your childhood. You know, Betty's or Veronica's the bitch. You know, and and it, it it's like. There's more to these characters than that, but there's everything is told at just such a surface level that there's really nothing to really attach to.
0: Yeah, and it's the exact same way with Harley and Ivy. There's so much nuance to those characters that are completely missing here. Yeah, yeah I'm not getting – I'm done. I'm not doing any more issues of this one.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, very disappointing. And another book, speaking of boring, that I was disappointed in was Spirits of Vengeance number one. I was super excited for this book. Uh, Spirits of Vengeance is the new team up book um, featuring Blade, Ghost Rider, Satana, and Damien Hel- or Damon Hellstrom. Um, vi- written by Victor Gishler. Uh, if if you're not familiar with Victor Gishler, he he did a run on X Men a couple of years ago that heavily involved vampires and Dracula, um, which I enjoyed. I actually quite I was one of the few who did enjoy that. Um, and and you know he, now he's on this book. And so Wayne,
0: you read this one as well. Yeah, I would also say this one falls in the boring category, but it also had bad art. Yeah, <laughs> I really like the first time we see Ghost Rider. I had to stop and look and uh, second, give it a second glance and see is that really even Ghost Rider? It's too stylized. It looks horrible. Yeah, it was just too stylized. Um, you know, and then
2: you know, here's the sad thing, and I know this is the problem. Is that I'm still going to pick up issue two because I love these
0: characters so much to give it another shot. I'm not. I thought the story dragged out for what they're trying to tell. I like the characters. I mean, these are some of my – I love all of the Midnight Suns characters, the Spirits of Vengeance characters. And so I really wanted to like this book, but it just dragged on and the art was horrible. And It was just a bunch of was...
2: conversations.
0: You have all these characters yeah. in the book and it's literally just a
2: series of conversations. Yeah, uh, can't I cannot recommend this one either, which which makes me sad because I love these characters and the book is called Spirits of Vengeance. There was literally it was you really had to put out a bad book for me not to like it, and unfortunately, they put out a bad book.
0: <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, when I look at my comicsology here, I did you know I bought a bunch of the uh, on a sale a while back, the Spirits of Vengeance books, the originals. So Rise of the Midnight Suns, all of them are still sitting here in my comiXology. This, taking the name of that, is just a travesty. Yeah, a travesty. Mm. It, it, it is
1: a travesty. So, Paul. Yes, sir. I know we have another item here on the agenda, but I, you know, before we move out of comics, um, I discovered something this week on Comicsology that I told you about, but I didn't get to tell Wayne about yet. Was it that full and, listing? And uh, I— <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I have been a huge fan of the Superman crossovers with the Dark Horse unifor- universe, uh,
0: the Alien stories we talked about on. Oh our yeah, that that is one of my favorite crossovers is Superman Aliens. We talked about uh, the
1: Superman crossover with Tarzan in one of our Superman with Aaron and Polly shows. Um, they have collected all of those stories in one trade that's available on Comixology. Uh, it's under the Dark Horse printing banner, um, and it is called uh, uh, DC Comics, Dark Horse Comics Superman, right? And it collects 400 pages of those stories, both volumes of the alien stories. The uh, uh, Superman uh, meets Tarzan. It's got uh, the Superman and uh, Madman crossover. Uh, It's a crossover stories from comics luminaries such as Dan Jurgens, Kevin Nallon, Chuck Dixon, John Bogdanov, Mike Allred, and Carlos uh, Maglia. Uh, The volume poses some of the biggest questions fans ask about the man of steel is anyone truly his match how would he face uh how would he fare on other worlds and was it his upbringing that made him the superhero he is today um anyway it's fantastic uh typically retails for 20 bucks um right now right this very second they're running a 50 percent off sale on for dark horse comics so i picked it up for 10 bucks this week so wayne go and get it because i think that sale ends today or tomorrow
0: so uh yeah, it I is. saw the Dark Horse sale, but I never imagined that the Superman crossovers would be in the Dark Horse sale. And, you know, Paul tried searching
1: for it, and he couldn't find it. I found it because I was just running through their entire catalog. Um, you know, and so you may just have to go go in by publisher, look it up by, uh, by uh, you know, uh, in, in the entire line of, the, of their series. Uh, and I can email you the link, but it is just fantastic. Yeah, I it have to just, have that. Yeah. So uh, I I tell this to our listeners, too, because, you know, it's it's one of those things they don't do a really good job of collecting in a digital format those stories that have crossed over with other companies. Like one of the things that I'm, I'm dying for is uh, JLA Avengers. Uh, yes. I, I would love to see JLA Avengers. In fact, yeah, you know, one of the things that I tweeted out was that you know maybe that would be a great thing to do for hurricane relief. It's something that has never been presented digitally. Um, you know, we got I, we got a lot of uh, of retweets on it. Kurt Busick, who wrote the JLA Avengers, uh, retweeted it. Um, and we got something like, you know, 50 retweets on that one on, on Twitter. So uh, I wish that they would do something. I, I wish that, that we'd see that we'd see the amalgam books. We'd see the classic Treasury editions, you know, Superman versus Spider-Man, Superman oh. versus the Hulk. I mean, those would all be
0: great stories to see. you're going ex- to buy them.
1: I, don't, yeah, I would buy them all over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to be excited for some comics. Here. Like, I would love some of the Malibu stuff and the JLA Avengers. So I haven't reread it much because I have, all of my copies are signed by Kurt Busiek. So I don't, risk, yeah, yeah, you don't want like, to risk rubbing the off. name off of it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. want the digital version of it so I can reread those because I well, love that story. But, and I mean, in particular, that book is so
1: beautifully drawn by George Perez it is aching to be read in a digital format so that you can zoom in on those panels right uh i i i it seems to me money left on the table because here are three guys who are happy to buy it again in the comiXology uh, viewer yeah um and I, I just and and to me you know i i'm sure that the rights are part of the issue you know is who gets the money how do we divide it you know we never addressed uh, digital media when we negotiated these rights originally Give it all away. Give it all away. Give it. Give it to. Give it to hurricane relief. Give it to Puerto Rico relief. I mean, uh, I. I think that there are there are things that you can do that what that will solve that problem, you know. Anyhow, I, I. This proves I. This dark horse book. It's strangely quiet out there in the uh, the uh, dark horse catalog, um, but I. You know, I think there are a lot of people who would love to read that book. They just don't know that it's there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's been and maybe Paul, maybe Paul, we put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we can do that. There it is, DC Comics Dark Horse Superman Special. Oh God, it is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to put in your coupon code.
1: Do it, do it. (laughs) What's the code? Uh, It's it's there on the banner. It's like uh, I think it's like Dark Seventeen, something like that.
0: That's interesting though that they uh, it doesn't automatically have that that you have to put in the code.
1: Yeah, they did that for, for all of their
2: NYCC uh, comics that they put on sale.
0: Dark Horse, DC Comics, Justice League is on there as well.
2: Yeah, some good stuff. Well, next week in comic stores, Mr. Miracle number three from Tom King and Mitch Jarrett's Detective Comics and Action Comics continuing their rebirth storylines. If you remember earlier in the show, I have mentioned Connor Kent. Connor Kent. Somehow coming go- into place in Detective Comics or coming into play in Detective Comics. And the next issue of Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal me number three. black t-shirt
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have one of the Connor Kent Black Superman t-shirts, too. Nice.
2: <laughs> and it's Dark Knight's Metal number three, the official book um, by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Comes out next week as well. Awesome. Well, and one last thing I wanted to mention is that this Monday during Monday Night Football Halftime Show, or if you really just can't stand football, I'm sure two seconds later on the internet... The new Star Wars, or I guess the first full Star Wars Last Jedi trailer, um, because we've only really had the teaser trailer at this point. Uh, The first full trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi will be released, and tickets will go on sale um, for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Woohoo! Exciting stuff. Very
1: exciting. You guys have a good week. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com.